It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, November 30th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is so relieved right now. We finally got the Flyers a win. It only took 11 games, but I'm very happy with how they did it. Yeah, this is a, a solid effort. I am excited to talk about this one, plus your mailbag questions on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date with our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail. Lockdown Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So check us out over there as well. Russ, uh, Scott Lawton back in the lineup. Good to see that. And uh, it's going to take him a couple games, but I think you know, he had a decent first outing. Uh, as we also predicted, uh, Tony D'Angelo would be out mm-hmm. of the lineup for this one, supposedly with that injury. Probably that's part of the story there. Yeah, I would think that's just a part of it. But at any rate, uh, Lawton was noticeable. He wasn't going to have a huge impact, like you said. It's mm-hmm. it's going to take a little, <clears throat> a little while, but I was impressed with their defense. And you know, for people that kept like going on my Twitter account and saying, what are you expecting this team? They're an AHL team. I kept saying, listen, their defense is intact. These guys should be playing better defensively. And this game showed that they're capable of doing it. So that's where I was getting at with the defense. If, hey, if they're not going to score, okay, you're missing some players there. You could tinker around with it. But the defense was the defense. And, then, you know, for the last 10 games, they had a couple of good games, but nothing like this. And, and this was a really solid effort, and it's without Tony D'Angelo, so you could draw your own conclusions. Uh, yeah, I thought that was the most impressive part of this game to me, is that structurally it was close to, if not the best game they've had all season defensively, really kept the aisles at bay. And the thing about it that was the most noticeable is I don't think once in this game did the Islanders take over. In any stretch, I think you a know, little even bit when in the they second, were they were dominating on shots, but they weren't like and the Flyers weren't in trouble. Right. Because even when they were under attack for a little bit, it didn't last that long. And they no. managed to move things back the other way and get some chances themselves. I think early in the third, there were some 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 good scoring chances. But again, he weathered the storm on that, too. He really played mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I think it was a, a total team effort, you know, with that good defensive structure, yep. with a push offensively, with Carter Hart playing well. It was just, you know, overall a really good complete game. And to only have one goal against that's a five on three, I think is a really good outcome. Yeah, and getting that shorthanded goal. I mean, Sandheim mm-hmm. uh, definitely played a great game, his first career shorthanded goal. He really looked like he was on a mission. If we could get a little more like, 
that out of him that would really uh, help things offensively because he does have the offense. Again, I do have to question the coaching staff why he doesn't get to sniff any power play time. It makes no sense to me. He's good on the power play. Why not? Yeah. Uh, one of my other notes on this game, actually the first note I jotted down uh, when this game started was stupid fights are stupid. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I almost, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, I almost regret saying that because I think ultimately it turned out to be a good thing that whatever baggage there was, whatever little, you know, fight they had left over from the last game they got it over with quickly and then got down to business so if this is the way it had to play out i'm very satisfied with it it wasn't spread throughout the game there wasn't a lot of ticky tack stuff going on in front yeah, of there was a, there was some stuff but after the until period late, yeah but yeah but i think overall they got most of that out of their system early and it didn't really harm their game for the rest. No, of but mainly because D'Angelo wasn't playing. Had he been playing, uh, there would have been things going on the entire game. And you and I know that. I, I would think so. Yes. But uh, looking at those defensive pairings, Bristol looked pretty good he with Provy. He was good. Um, they were a physical pair. Uh, they stopped guys on the, uh, on the glass. Provorov played really physical. Like he was really, really good. Uh, he did his best on the power play. He runs out of things to do. Uh, I, I didn't understand why they left him out for almost the entire power play. Like that, again, that's where I would like to right. have brought Sanheim in and change it up for Provorov because after, you know, he he gets some shots through, but after a little bit, it's the same moves. And whatever, that's, you know, that that's on the coaching staff, but it didn't hurt him this game. Uh, but yeah, good game, good in the neutral zone, not that many turnovers. You know, Noah Cates made a nice play on Barzell. Uh, Bellows was getting some good chances. Uh, so hit, close, off the post. Hit the post, and, and then he had the other nice pass that he put on net, but you know, nobody was there in time. So he was noticeably good. Good game. I mean, this is, this is what they are capable of doing, even with players out. And this is why I try and tell people they are capable of this. And that's why I'm not going to let them off the hook just because there's injuries. Yeah, and I think with Sorokin having such a good game, yeah. it was going to be important for them to play well defensively, yes. and they did. I mean, I, I think that was also a key part of it. Yeah, this definitely was a key part of it. Like, this was a game that the coach should have been very pleased uh, defensively, and yet, I don't know, we, we kind of heard some nitpicking in the post game, and it's like that's just his way, I guess. Yeah, I do want to circle back to the power play a mm -hmm. little bit because, you know, they didn't score on the power play, but I did think it looked a little better. I'm not saying it's, it's problem solved, but I'm saying that the power play in the first period, I thought had some nice puck movement. It led to, sh you know, shot attempts and actual plays. It wasn't just cycling the puck around the edge. You know, they did get the puck in into scoring position. And, you know, the second power play they had that straddled the second and third period, I didn't think was quite as good, but they still got set up and moved the puck around. So I'm, I'm counting it as incremental improvement. Here. There was, there was some incremental improvement, but it seemed like their better power play was without Tippett because they had Hayes in Tippett's spot mm -hmm. and Hayes is a natural left-handed shot. So he could shoot a one-timer there. 
Like, again, this is why Tippett should be on the other side. Having Hayes on that side is good because it's his natural one-timer. Like, it it doesn't seem like it's that hard to figure out, but there's something that they just, you know, want to do with that. I don't know. I I don't have an answer on that, but that one looked pretty good because Hayes was hammering some shots, and they need need that. Um, You know, Sedlak had a pretty good game, too. He was good on the penalty kill. He had two two assists, so we'll give him credit to on that as well. Yeah, and I thought Igor Zamula looked pretty good in his first mm-hmm. game back with the Flyers. Man, he had a couple shot attempts that I think took the Islanders by surprise in terms of the quality of the shot and how hard it was. Yeah, I mean, he's a talented guy, and he really has just you know not had a chance to really show it even though I felt like in his spurts he has shown it. But in the end, I just hope he doesn't get traded because there's talent there. And there's a defenseman there that you can't afford to just waste. So hopefully he doesn't get wasted. And Because again, like you and I said, sending him down to the AHL wasn't really great for him. It was circumstantial this time around, but I hope he stays up and gets some playing time based on this performance and what he's shown in the past. Yep. Yep. He's deserving deserving of that. All right. Well, we are excited to have celebrated this win. We're going to continue the show with answering your mailbag questions coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer, esports, and of course the NHL, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on every app that you listen on, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. We are going to dig in to ye old mailbag, Russ, and uh, we've got a good one from Mario via email. Uh, He said, the great Scotty Bowman once said when it comes to line combinations, he would split up trios but not pairs. Last year, we saw Farabee and Atkinson have success this year. And in past years, we've seen Hayes and Konechny work well together. Are there other pairs, either on the Flyers or Lehigh Valley, you would like to see play together for more than just a few games? Well, certainly we brought up the uh, the Cates brothers. I think We did indeed. Multiple times. Multiple <laughs> times. Too many times. So that's one. I wouldn't mind at some point at the NHL level seeing Lixell and Forster. Yeah. I'll go with those two. That is a really good one. Um, I think if we're saying that Sedlak is now a, a permanent part of the Flyers roster now, I kind of want to see him with Wade Allison. I want to see what they could do together. I know Wade's hurt, but this is sort of assuming no injuries or mostly no injuries, I guess. 
But yeah, I, I do think that could be an interesting combo with the playmaking and the shooting mm-hmm. uh, between them. I, I think that might be, you know, a bottom six pairing that could work well together. And then from the Phantoms, I do want to see Elliot Denoye out there with Zade Wisdom. Okay. I think that they obviously need a center that's going to, you know, ground them a little bit. But I think if you have more of a defensive or two-way center with the two of them, I think that could be a dynamic line. Yeah, I like the uh, the potential of it. All right. Next question. Uh, Eric over on YouTube says that the Flyers should have, uh, as the defensive pairings, Provi and Tony D'Angelo, Sanheim with Zamula, and Cam York with Risto. Is that a good setup? I mean, it's not bad. I, I certainly could see the sense in running with it. Um, you don't necessarily want Risto to be on the third pair, but depending on if it got to the point where they were all close to being equals, then I'm okay with it. So I think as in the future, you could see that. Yeah, I think so too. I think as long as, like you said, you're having a sort of 2A and 2B as opposed right. to a second and third pairing, and it's pretty situational, right. right? So if you're taking an offensive zone face-off, I would more likely want the York and Risto right. pairing. And if you have a defensive uh, you know, face-off setup. Maybe you want Samheim and Zamula there instead, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of where I would go with that. And then hopefully, uh, getting the right guys on the power play that would help in the future. I wouldn't mind, you know, York and Zamula out there on a power play setup, but I wouldn't either. But uh, you know, that's so that seems so far off. The I know, I know, I know. All right. Uh, next question. And this is a good one, too. Should they have sent Max Willman back down instead of Jackson Cates with the return of Scott Lawton? I would have. But again, I think the Flyers don't mind if Max Willman misses games because they know what he is. And I just that's exactly it. I think that's really uh, the reason. Yeah, I think that given that the Phantoms have a Wednesday game this week, it's better for Jackson Cates to play in that game than to sit in the press box for a game uh, against the Islanders. I think that's absolutely the right strategy. So if it's for an extended period of time, I would prefer to have Jackson Cates over Max Wellman on the Flyers. But uh, for a situation like this for a couple of days, I think it was the right move. All right, Ben via email wants to know, what's the Flyers' top line right now if everybody is actually healthy? It's a great question. Um, It's like, who is that, (laughs) right? Yeah, I guess you go Lawton, Hayes. Who are they going to put on top line left? I guess Tippett. Yeah. I guess that's... Although, yeah, I I do think we have to consider that Sean Couturier exists though, and maybe put him. Does he exist? He doesn't. I can't. Not yet. Well, that's assuming everybody's healthy. That's well, I can't assume is. that. Sorry, mailbag. That is the. Assumption I'm not going to do that. Though. I'm not doing it. Okay. I know. Okay. Even look, Cam Atkins is. You know, he's he's skating, but I don't even think you'd want to put him on the top line right away. So. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I wish, you know, there was a, a good way to put, well, you could put TK and Owen Tippett on a top line with Shaka Terrier. You could. And that I, would be I fine. I think that might be okay. But right now, two thirds of that doesn't exist. That's not what the question was, Russ. I'm going to keep coming back to that. I don't care. It's my show. Your okay. show too. You do whatever you want. I'll do what I want. That sounds fair. <laughs> but um, All right. Uh, one more question this segment. Uh, what did you think about the John Tortorella, Morgan Frost comment about him being like a toilet seat? He's up and he's down. Uh, apparently he used that in Columbus mm -hmm. with Matt Calvert. Yeah. Um, I think it was Gianna Han put a link to it and it was an athletic article and Calvert wasn't happy about it. Look, I know he wants to say things to, to say things for effect. You could have used elevator. That's all I, otherwise I don't care. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because uh, it kind of reflects maybe on how the toilet seat going up and down works in his household. And I don't know that he wanted to share that information, but uh, here we are. Yeah, good point. But but uh, yeah, I think that, you know, he does say these things and uh, I don't know that being like, quote unquote, funny. I'm using air quotes yes. here, uh, is the right way to go in this situation. I think if it's like some sort of circumstance, it's fun to, you know, to, to joke about it. But if you're talking about a person, I don't think maybe that's the right approach. Well, he doesn't care because the, he did it before and it annoyed the person and he didn't care then. Well, you would think he would learn a lesson <laughs> on that front, but he is John Tortorella, so maybe not. Who knows? But yeah, I I personally don't like it. Um, again, I think you can joke about situations, but not people. So I I think that is the exact opposite approach he should take. But I understand that's kind of part of his thing. And so you can expect things like this from Tortorella. Yep. All right. We will have a few more questions coming up next. Okay, Russ, uh, next question coming to us uh, via Twitter. What is the true measure of success for the Flyers this season, knowing what we know now? It's interesting because, you know, some would say a top five pick. Some would say an improvement in the work ethic. Some would say an improvement over last year. It's like all those things. Like, it's literally all those things. I would say it's those three things. Because if those three, three, three things happen, then you have to believe at least a couple of prospects are improving as well. Yeah, I think that's where I would get more specific with it than that. Because I think we've seen, to a large degree, the work ethic has improved so far this season. Uh, in terms of the effort given most of the time. I think there's been some lags here and there, but there's lags here and there for every team. Mm -hmm. So so I'm thinking that's part of it. But I want to see specific progression from prospects and younger players. I want to see Owen Tippett continue to have some success and have that be consistent and not just streaky. Um, I want to see kind of mid-range guys like Joel Farabee, who I wouldn't consider a prospect, but he's not a vet. Yet, right, right. Right. 
So I want to see guys like him take a step forward this season in production and playmaking. You know, again, if even if the wins aren't there, if guys like that are scoring goals and are creating plays and are driving play, mm-hmm. I think that's where I want to be. That you can look to Tanner Lazinski again. You can look to Noah Cates again, who's been playing well. I just want to see that consistency throughout the season. And to me, that's success. It's like getting your prospects a step forward. And then toward the end of the season, you know, integrating some more prospects from Lehigh Valley and getting them some NHL experience and giving them a taste of success at that level as well. So that's kind of where I'm at Mm -hmm. for the most part. I don't think a top five pick is the right approach for me. I think that it's about the play of the current team on the ice and where it ends up in the standings to me is neither here nor there. But remember, if they're not a good team, that top five pick would help. I understand that, but I think that I don't see that as success. I see it as um, a result or the, you know, the effect of what happens this season. Do you see sprinkles as a success on on an ice cream cone? Well, I don't eat ice cream because of lactose issues. But um, on, what about on pudding? Do you see whipped cream as a success oh on pudding? I don't eat any, any of that. Oh, none of it. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't none of that. All right, never mind. Okay. Next question. <laughs> no, I understand wanting a top five pick. I absolutely understand it. I just don't want to have all of those other things go by the wayside in order, in order to get it. I think that's really where what it comes down to, right? Yeah. Okay. I think we can agree on that. We can. If not, if not ice cream. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. This is a doozy, man. Uh, will the Flyers trade Carter Hart if they decide to rebuild? It's a doozy. This is one that requires a plan. So this offseason, I believe Chuck Fletcher or whoever is going to be the GM uh, needs to talk to Carter Hart's camp and ask, what are his intentions for the future with the Philadelphia Flyers? And I think at that point, the Flyers should already know what they want to do, whether they're going to rebuild, retool, whatever. I need to communicate that to Carter Hart's camp. And then Carter Hart's camp will communicate back to them whether they like that or they don't like it. And whatever the plan is, if they don't like it, well, he's only got two years left. You know, he's got one more year under contract than an RFA year. Sometimes it's better to trade the guy with the RFA year. Now, I get it. He's their franchise guy. They've searched for a long time for that. But if you sign him, let's say he only wants to sign to a four-year deal and you're not good for three of them. Well, then you're right back to another contract year with him. So you have to, you really do have to look at it with long-term glasses. But knowing the Flyers, they're just going to re-sign him and not worry about it and just keep trying to do this year after year. That's just my feeling, so I don't think you have to worry about it as a fan, but I do think you should have the conversation, and depending on who, you know, if they bring in somebody from the outside especially, if they want to have that conversation, they should be open to it. With this current management 
regime, I think you're absolutely right. They just resign him and and move on. I, yeah. I don't think they're looking for anything else. And I, I don't think that, you know, they're very much the devil, you know, right. Right. They just keep people around. And so I think it, it does matter if it's the same regime as before, whether or not, you know, Carter Hart is a potential trade candidate. Um, I also think that it matters whether or not they admit it's a rebuild, mm -hmm. if it's the same regime, um, because I see the logic to it. But I also want to know how Sam Erson's doing. And I want to see more out of Felix Sandstrom mm -hmm. before I make that decision, because you have to work under the assumption that you have to go with the goaltenders you have mm -hmm. versus being able to get somebody in the open market. I think goaltending is one of the few positions that you can get from the outside and be successful. Uh, rather than dr drafting and developing from within mm -hmm. in hockey. So it's possible to get someone else. Uh, so I'm not like totally worried about it if they get rid of Carter Hart in some way. But um, I think it, it is weird that we have this one year left on his contract because I think that if they were going to consider trading him, it would be like at deadline to a team that's on the verge of a of a championship run, but their goaltenders hurt. Mm -hmm. And if you have to wait to do that until next year, when theoretically some things have changed, I don't like, I don't know that the timing is right. So that's fair. Yeah. I think, I, I think I just come back around to the conclusion that I started with is that they'll just sign him. And yeah. I think that's the likely <laughs> because, thing. Cause that's what they've been doing with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only assumption you can make. It's like, is that what I would do? Maybe. But again, I just think the timing is in a weird spot with all of this. So I don't know, you know, a year and a half from now, is that going to be the right call? Well, I mean, not to muddy it up, but you could have somebody come at the deadline this year who is a bona fide contender that needs that and offers you a platter of what you need. Um, yeah. I, I think you have to listen to it. You do. You absolutely do. Because there are a lot of needs and a lot of good quality draft picks as opposed to giving up good quality draft picks to get a, rid of people like Shane Gosses Bear, who's now going to get a haul for Arizona in return. But yep. anyway, we won't talk about that. Nah. <laughs> but <laughs> All right. Uh, last question. Do you think the Phantoms playing well this year is related to the coaching? Is Lappy off the hot seat? I think he's off the hot seat for now. I mean, he's got the season. They're not firing him in season. So in that regard, he's off the hot seat. Is he fully off the hot seat? Mm, probably not yet. But he's not going to get fired in season. No, I don't think so either. Um, you know, I think the team is obviously doing better. We they talked are. about it on yesterday's show specifically. So, uh, you know, I think there is room for complimenting what the team is doing. Again, I just have to look at the prospect development yes. later in the season. And I want to look at, you know, when prospects get called up, are they successful? with the flyers because that's a huge part of it right now this is where even if the coach doesn't want to look at the analytics the gm should just to show yeah. hey this is and you and you have it all graphed out 
this is where this player was last year. Even if they never get called up, this is where they are this year. And you show the imp- the ups and the downs, the pluses and the minuses. You got to do that for everybody. Yeah, I think so too. I think, you know, you need a little more in-depth analysis yes. of what the Phantoms players, you know, the same coach, or not. So that's a constant. The coach is a constant. So mm-hmm. it's also a way of evaluating the coach too. Yeah, I think so too. I, I do think it's an end of the season decision for sure. Yeah. Uh, but so far I am pleased with the results yeah, and we'll see, we'll see how it progresses, but that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, that will do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with a preview of our matchup against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which should be an interesting game for the Flyers, to say the least. And we'll do a prospect profile. It'll be a good one. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. If you want your question answered in our mailbag, you can tweet us or send us a message from Instagram. We're at Flyers in both those places. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and their take of the day. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.